食べてて。Hi, it's what do you know from a house of a guy's own. I'm a guy. Got a good show coming up for you today in just a few minutes here from a house of a guy's own. You can still get here if you're somewhere in the neighborhood or in the tri state area if you have a missile.、Uh, 1215 Drake Street in Madison, right near the park there, just near the zoo. You can hear the,、uh, those monkeys. Okay. <laughs> they're gibbons. They say they're gibbons, but. I think there's something else. That's John Tooling and the boys on the John Tooling theme from A Summer Place. Remember that movie? Joy Donahue and、uh, what was there? The Starlet of the Week there. Another one. Well,、uh, how are you? Good.、Uh, got a great show for you today.、Uh, lots of things coming up. It's our Science Saturday show, so there's going to be a lot of science on there. Well, in、uh, all the news of that science, In a poll of self driving cars, 100% said they would never ride in a vehicle piloted by a human. And the cars also said they're really tired of the who should they kill pedestrian or passenger conundrum, since it's very unlikely to happen and doesn't really matter to them at all because they're cars. They have no sense of anything else. If another car were damaged, they'd have some feelings about that. Scallops are in the news, the science news. Scallops have eyes that have millions of perfectly square crystals in a curved mirrored mosaic that can focus on two retinas. But they're so delicious. <laughs> DNA evidence of fur from Yetis collected proves that it belongs to Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty. Okay, that's not science, that's opinion. The only known benefit of、uh, testosterone. The much maligned male sex hormone is that it tends to prevent males from getting asthma. So, ha ha, does too have a reason, dear. How about dogs?、Uh, dogs have twice the gray matter of cats.、Uh, most of it is devoted to sleeping positions, while a cat's smaller cerebral presence is devoted entirely to how to get the dog. Smartphone addiction in teens causes neurotransmitters to zombify. The teen's anterior cingulate cortex, which is why if you peer over their shoulders when they're using their phones, you can see there's nothing on the screen at all. That their face is nothing. Sometimes it's off entirely. And those so called earbuds, they're actually just earplugs. They're not listening to anything at all. They're zombies. Marriage is thought to help stave off dementia. Okay, not in every case, I'll tell you that. But what really happens is that with both Parties、uh, in onset, dementia onset,、uh, you have a new normal. That's all, because everyone is doing the same thing. A new normal. Can't remember where you left her glasses. That's annoying, but typical behavior, not dementia. All right, let's see. Three cups of coffee. Yes.、Uh, three, if three cups of coffee a day、uh, lead to longer life, a daily transfusion should pretty much make you immortal. So much vampires can forget about blood and just suck the coffee out of people. And finally, and I mean that. I think I mean that. Yes, I do mean that. In the Galapagos Island studies, they found that evolutionary change can occur in only two generations. So it means that there's hope for Ivanka's grandkids, at least as soon as Jared you know, gets out of the slammer, can be a grandpa to them. And that's all the science news that isn't.
So nice having a band that you can just control with your finger. Okay, come on, guys. Enough with that. We've heard that once or twice. Dr. John Oreck of the Oreck Lab. Are you here? Dr. John Oreck of the Oreck Lab. How did you get your own, own lab, Dr. Oreck, at such a young age? Why don't I have a lab named after me? Um, There's no Feldman lab. It's, perhaps it's just a matter of time. I yeah. mean, have you been Has pursuing... my research been in the wrong areas? <laughs> See, you are, you're in a fashionable research area, right? aren't you? This is a hot area you're in. Well, you know, the world of anti-predator behavior and predator-prey interactions, yeah. you know, I think most folks would agree. Why are you anti-predator, though? Um, well, typically that's cast from the prey's perspective. So the idea that you would behave in a way that would reduce the likelihood that a predator will kill you. So anti-predator behavior. So it's not that the prey are Are out. you saying plants can't be predators? Um, well, no. I mean, the case of things like Venus flytraps, for example, that yeah. capture living prey. I mean, you could think of and them as predators. what about the kind that make you itchy? Um, those are plants likely just trying to defend themselves from herbivores. Easy for you to say because you're, you're, you're anti-predator. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, and I guess. Because, and because you're not even a, a predator. Technically, you're just brushing up against them. Yeah, and I, I didn't realize that my, my own biases against predators <laughs> might have followed me. We're predators. I mean, every, every sure. animal has to be a predator, otherwise mm -hmm. it won't be an animal. Right. Well, energy capture is what it's all about, right? You need to harvest energy that other organisms have yeah. somehow sequestered. Either plants have created it by fixing carbon, photosynthesis, yeah. or animals have taken it from plants, and then we take it from those animals. Yeah. That's really what it's all about is where the energy is yeah. and, and to some extent where the molecules are. Because but then why the stigma? Well, the, Predator. Yeah. The it, movies are bad enough, but I mean... the. Yeah. Um, well, the focus is it's just to sort of um, describe a field of study in a way that um, captures the essence of that field. And the whole essence of the field is thinking about how animals change what they do because they're worried about a predator killing them. Okay. So you can think of it. So sort you're, of not, as, you're not you're not anti-predator. You're pro-plant. <laughs> it's a, I think I'm just um, I'm pro ecology and um, and in studying those interactions, you realize that you know there's a lot of death going on out there. there yeah. Organisms, by definition, to persist, have to consume other organisms, yeah. and um, it turns out that if you can avoid being consumed, you're likely to leave more offspring, and so you get the evolution. I've of always these... felt that way. Indeed, yeah. I mean, con congratulations on, on. Had I not been consumed, I would have had more kids. <laughs> yeah, I know that absolutely for sure. Um, and so yeah, thinking about those things just. Um, helps illuminate why animals might do what they do yeah um and the consequences of being paranoid effectively that's kind of how i think of it although that's a bit anthropomorphic um you're talking the, about me um well until a second ago i hadn't thought so but um <laughs> you mean the, 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 i mean can, can you put the pen are, down michael you put the, who's the plants are paranoid Plants have emotions, don't they? Well, you know, I mean, so They're sensitive creatures. Well, the idea that um, you know that plants are are um, are you know highly cognitive, you know, highly um, intellectually capable organisms is is sort of a controversial idea, and I think um, not you know to, people not to you, I wouldn't think. Um, no, I mean, but but your pal, often, what's this guy you work with? Uh, the guy with a K, uh, uh, Cagnin, Cag uh, Carbon. Yeah, Richard Carbon. Yeah, yeah, he's taught. He's Jumped into that fray. Well, um, he said they're just uh, they're very sensitive and be careful what you say around them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want to work with the plant, you know, to present you know your your line of reasoning in a way that's acceptable to the plant. Otherwise, they're not likely to follow along and they might be offended. Um, but no, all <laughs> all jest aside, um, um, I think we think of plants as making choices, um, not you know ultra complex choices like. 
um, you know, how do I manage my, my budget this month and what am I going to yeah. do in 30 years, yeah. but how to allocate resources on short time scales. So, you know, plants harvest energy. Or, so it's um, not like tax reform. It's something. No, it's, it's like, something. what do I do with my protein or something? Yeah, it's something. And, and do it they is, have protein? Yeah. Oh, yes. so and so they could do things with their resources. You yeah. could either invest in growing more plant, or you could use it to defend yourself. So, which one are you going to do? Okay. And if you think about those sorts of choices, then then you can start to think about plants as behaving. Because effectively, when an animal behaves, it simply responds to a stimulus in its environment. So you right. know, you see a if you're a rodent, if you're a mouse, and you see a hawk. Rodent. Ah, you know. I mean, wait a you, minute. I'm still a rodent. Indeed. Well, okay. I mean, okay. Or, or <coughs> okay, I, I'm a rodent. No. I, yeah. Indeed. So put your in Do the, the hawk thing, and that was good. Yeah. Ah, so you see a hawk. You see, so you have behaved, right? Yeah. You've responded to a stimulus. All I did was this, though. It's not really a useful I mean, behavior. Uh, well, I was, well, the utility of the behavior, we can judge later. But I mean, that was definitely <laughs> still a behavior. You responded to what I did. Right. And the plant, similarly, is, is getting information they from shrink. the environment. Don't they shrink? I well, it's, you know, it's Shrinking the quality. Shrinking for example. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Well, the, so the quality of the environment, like the quality of the light, or some plants respond to chemicals emitted from other plants that have been eaten. So if, if now, now instead of being a rodent, Michael, think about being a plant that's just been eaten. I'm trying to think about all this. And I'm and behind you. Know, put yourself in the plant's position. I'm th- I'm a, so now I'm a plant that's being eaten. Yeah, so you would leak chemicals. A rodent I could relate to. I don't know. A plant that's being eaten. Okay, I'm a yeah. plant that's, that's been eaten. I'm lying on the ground. And uh, part of my leaf is, I'm a tomato plant. Yeah, part and, of my leaf oh, is gone exactly. from a damn caterpillar. Yeah, let's, let's paint the realistic picture. Yes. And, and, the, and a really important part of this picture is you yeah. can't run away. You're stuck. You're rooted in I'm place. I'm a plant. You, I'm a tomato plant. And, you know, it turns out that that has some, fall over. <laughs> that's, that's not going to get <laughs> them off of you. It. Indeed. It. Or you can change your chemistry. So imagine if... I can. You can. I mean, just like, um, you know, uh, as humans, our internal chemistry changes depending upon our stress, what we're eating, what we're doing. Plants change too. And, yeah. you know, so plants can change the chemicals that they make and manufacture chemicals well, that make the caterpillars less excited about do eating I, them. Do I have a choice of cat- of, of chemicals that I can that I can make? Oh, well, there's... I mean, yeah, I'm being eaten, so I'm under a lot of stress. I can't, yeah, you, you, know, don't so. wanna, you don't want to... You want to select wisely. And stress probably is, is, a, is a factor there, right? Well, so they feel they must feel the stress of the. Well, it's not clear, you know, that plants actually, you know, the way humans think about feeling stress, but they are balancing multiple constraints. So you can imagine. Whoa. You can imagine, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we gonna, They're balancing re- multiple constraints. Remain, yeah, it's remain easier calm. To feel stress. Remain, remain balancing multiple. I mean, they have various reactions they're considering to the fact that they're. Well, imagine, caterpillar is eating their damn leaf. Yeah. Well, imagine, so you can, you're a plant and you're losing yeah. biomass. This thing is stealing your carbon. It's taking yeah. all that. You no, worked so I, hard I, to make I that leaf. That. It's I taking it from you. I feel that. But there might also be other plants around you competing for the nutrients you need to make more leaf material. They're, they're taking your water. Yeah. It could be taking so your I'm light. So I'm aware of, while I'm being eaten, I'm aware of others. Well, I'm awareness. Enjoying it or what? Yeah, well, awareness is like, is again, a human construct. You know, that idea that, you know, that you have some awareness. I'm stuck with human constructs. I know. You have to give me that. You know, that's kind of, that's the the problem with science is that, you know, humans are the the organisms that conduct it. And so everything, science is a pure endeavor, a way to understand the world. You're a plant scientist. You're a plant. You're a plant who is a scientist. I don't mean you're a plant scientist. (laughs) Are we still rolling? You're a plant. You're an actual plant. I am? Okay. That's a plant scientist. What's your analysis of what's going on? Oh, oh, if, oh yes. what an interesting idea. If another yes. organism could be a scientist. Yes. Um, 
hopefully, you know, we would be at, you if know, you can be a rodent, you can certainly be a plant yeah. scientist. From the plant's perspective, um, you know, say so, I, say I, 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 John, you are plant perspective. The way that these choices yeah. work out, imagine that you're a plant and you make a bad choice. Effectively, that just yeah. means you leave fewer offspring or you don't survive as well. So over time, natural selection crafts the yeah. suite of responses we see in plants. So it's not necessary that we invoke like a big, like that I, John Orock, uh, herbivorized plant, <laughs> have super deep thoughts about, oh man, oh God, I was sitting around, you know, man, the but sunlight think of the awesome. grants. Think of the grants you could get. If you're a plant who was a scientist, well, you they know, would just they wouldn't have to pay me much, own. just water and nitrogen. You know, that's <laughs> they'd fall in your leafy lap. <laughs> that's right. All right, let's let's go. The thing that made you famous, um, or okay, is this uh, getting plants to kill the caterpillar, eat, eat one another, cannibalistic caterpillars. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was um, yeah, we're doing some research on exactly what these plant defenses can um, can do. Would you like, and I can describe it, or I can. However you can do whatever you like. Okay. Um, pretty free form. It really <laughs> Excellent. Um, so in yeah, in describing the work, the idea we were sitting around, this is and this is often how the fun part of science. You're sitting, sitting around, around. Yeah. <clears throat> and that I mean you Is that part of the scientific method? No, sit around. Um, well, you're sitting around and you're bouncing around ideas. You're talking about okay. something you've observed. You know, you're saying, oh, man, you know. With yourself or with others? It just really depends on whether or not people have gotten frustrated and left and I'm sitting alone again. But people in the ORAC lab? Yeah. You'll, you'll notice that, you know, it could just be a lab of one, frankly. But, you know, yeah. it's, but actually we do have great students and great postdocs and yeah. a lot of great collaborators. So it's right. not often a lab of one. And in this case, I was sitting around with a, with a postdoctoral researcher, okay. Brian Connolly, and uh, an undergrad, AJ, and we were... We're just musing on how terrible these plants become in terms of how, when these plants change their chemistry, they just become so nasty. Then you can tell the caterpillars. Well, that's a human construct. We've ever heard one. It, well, the caterpillars just really don't really want to eat them. And you can tell the caterpillar would, we, I was musing. I was like, wow, these, these caterpillars basically are starving to death on these plants. Hmm. And the only thing that the difference between a good plant and a bad plant yeah is that we, we effectively spray a plant with a chemical that makes the plant think that its neighbor or itself is under attack. So you can actually mm -hmm. manipulate plant paranoia in that with way. Their own, this is a chemical that they have produced? Yeah, it's a, yeah remember the, the Michael Feldman herbivorized plant example? If you yes. were herbivorized and I, John Orock, the plant, were near you, the chemicals leaking out of your broken, destroyed leaf tissue, oh, I, would de I could detect them and change my chemistry before anything attacks me, which is the really interesting part of this, is that you can actually use information from your environment to get ready for an attack that might happen before the caterpillar even lands on you or before the deer even shows up to munch on you. Now, if you weren't there to spray this chemical yeah. that they produce, would they, if they saw caterpillars coming, let's say there's a line, I don't know if they, <laughs> do they go in lines? They are called or? army worms. I army mean, worms. Yeah. So you see, you see them marching. A brigade of army worms mm -hmm. is coming towards you, and you're a plant, and you sense that. You don't mm -hmm. see that. You sense that. Would you then produce it yourself, or would you need someone from the UW to spray you? Yeah, yeah, sort of a, someone to act on your behalf and say, yeah. like, they're the the caterpillars are coming. Lover. The caterpillars a real are coming. Plant lover. Yeah, get ready, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> you look great. You're going to do fine. Here, have this chemical. No, but do we do that? We, we sense this and then defenses? Um, well, so what's really interesting is yes. that plants, did, they, you know, it's not that they visually see caterpillars coming, but they do respond to other things. Like uh, if, an, if a butterfly lays an egg on a plant, in Ethiopia, then. which we indeed, no, <laughs> then you find yourself in Wisconsin. Yeah, no, yes. uh, that egg on a plant, some plants can detect that egg laying event 
and will start to change their chemistry locally as okay. if anticipating that out of that egg a caterpillar could come oh. so they can respond to different stimuli changes so in, that's preemptive like a preemptive strike indeed. yeah that's the idea but with the actual caterpillars yeah. They, can they react to that at all? Um, there's some evidence that suggests that insects crawling over plant leaves they can, can trigger that. a defense. Um, yeah. So and evidence that you know if you that plants can respond differently to something that wounds their leaf, whether or not it's got caterpillar saliva. Yeah. yeah. So and the other side of this is sort of yeah. interesting too, because the caterpillar, the predator. Yeah, the herbivore. Omnivore. Okay. <laughs> well, these are the, pre the predator side of the. the of the spectrum. Of the yep. spectrum. Right. Of the, of the, of the, no, what is it? The it's heterotroph easy. in this example. Heterotroph. Yeah. I can't you talk. You know. <laughs> I can't talk to you if you're going to talk like that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, my, I was hoping to get invited back. but Is I'm there a homotroph as well as a heterotroph? Um, no, there's autotroph. Okay, fine. So you produce your own food fine. or you take it from someone else effectively. All right. What was I asking? I forget. Oh, yeah, the oh, fact that the, caterpillar. the, the reaction of the caterpillar is, is to eat the caterpillar next to him rather yeah. than because the plant's too much trouble Yep. or doesn't care for the taste but or something. That guy is looking can't pretty send tasty. It, can't send it back. Yeah. So he eats the next caterpillar. Now, that's an interesting behavior. Yeah. Have you talked with the caterpillar people to find out why the caterpillar would do that? You well, must be in close contact with the predator people. Well, you know, to I know mean, what, the, what the reactions are going to be. Yeah, you know, no, there's, a, you know, we try to stay relatively connected in these predator caterpillar and impartial, networks. And right, impartial. Absolutely. You know, as to, to the extent possible by you know, the fact that we're humans. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, before you put your scientist hat on, you know, yeah. you're all, you wake up with the human hat on and you can't take you it do. off. So you sleep in a hat. That's interesting. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when analogy becomes reality and that sort of interesting space in between. Um, but um, so the caterpillars, so the, the thing that I think human, yeah. we, we don't often appreciate is no. that organisms eat each other all the time. You know, yeah. cannibalism, you know, as, as, as the old Among adage predators. is, you know, cannibalism happens, as they say. Yeah. And, and it's not uncommon. Who for says? It. I never heard that. Well, life. I'm kind of trying to hope it's going to catch on a little I bit. I, I don't know. So. It doesn't really sound that exciting no. when, I, when I hear myself say it. Yeah. But um, the idea is that organisms will often consume yeah. conspecifics, which is the fancy term for con a member of your own species. So it's conspecific. Conspecific. Yeah. So C O N. Yep. Yep. So members of of your own species yeah. are often I on the menu. Down and use it. Yeah, throw somebody when for you're a hanging loop with your fellow conspecifics, then you know conspecific. That's right. Um, What's the other one? Hetero, a heterotroph. Heterotroph. Yeah. There Get you your conspecific ass out of here. Yeah, that's right. you're head. You can I mean, combine I, those terms for maximum effect. You know. Yeah. You know, I was during the office party in zoology. A bunch there, of heterotrophic conspecifics. Like people get a little drunk in there. <laughs> That's right. Just imbibing <laughs> with my heterotrophic hetero conspecifics, trying to maintain homeostasis. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and so you know, you're a caterpillar, and you're standing at the crossroads. You can either eat the plant, or you can eat. You can attempt to eat a conspecific. You can cannibalize. Yeah. Now, yeah. cannibalism has risks because you might not always be the one that ends up getting eaten. You know, when you decide mm -hmm. that you know caterpillars. They don't always win. Can they ever eat one another? Like, oh, because they can. They don't always survive. Well, I mean, I mean, you can imagine that when one decides to eat another one, the other one often tries to defend itself, and by you can sustain. Them. Yeah, well, or by wounding the other individual trying to consume it. It depends so, which end the ate them in. It's well, it's not. Or bit them. Yeah, I mean, it's not a really. You still pretty, had your choppers. You you do, but if your if your back end is lopped off, your yeah. choppers you're still going to die at the end of the day. You know, we still lose. We still got the day. We still have today. 
<laughs> All right, go ahead. So, I'm sorry. Finish dude, what you're saying. So, so you're at the crossroads. You, crossroads. You, and you're, you know, and so you've got to make a choice. What are you going to eat? Are you right. going to eat another caterpillar? Do I feel like caterpillar? We just had caterpillar. I know. God. I'm so it's tired. A little, it's a little gamey, you yeah. know. It, it, <laughs> I'm like, I'm more of a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, it's, but so what's interesting is that the whole idea behind the work we publish is that the plant yeah. decides to change something about itself. Uh, so that's and that amazing. has a cascading effect that changes what the caterpillar does. Yeah. And what's neat is that, that that circle kind of feeds back around to benefit the plant. Because mm-hmm. from the plant's perspective, if I can convince the caterpillars to eat one another... Mm-hmm. All the Fewer better. caterpillars. Oh, you win twice. You win a couple. And it, it, this is the fun part. It, not only as if we weren't already having a whole bunch of fun anyway, but this is where you know maximum fun starts to really kick in. The plant not only loses herbivores because the herbivores are being eaten by each other, yeah. but the ones that are left, the caterpillars that are left, because they filled up on herbivore, they don't want to eat as much plant. So it's 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 a it's a win win scenario from the plant's perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's why it, we thought it was so interesting. But Boy, it also, my head is just spinning now, and I don't know if I'm a heterotroph or a conspecific. Or, <laughs> this is so you, much. They're not mutually in. exclusive, Michael. You yeah. can be both. It's all good. They're somewhat sophisticated. They're sophisticated. Oh, we cannot totally. say they're okay. No, I mean, right. if you couldn't run away, yeah, like that. That option yeah. is the I, primary that's how option. I feel. You don't understand. That's how I feel. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, like I cannot. If you run weren't away. rooted in place with you know, more or less, right now, more or less, and you could run away, this would yes. be a very different dynamic. So if, if I can learn from the plants, if I could secrete something that would help, <laughs> that my, would change the course of this interaction. My, not this one so yeah. much. This well, I might fine. start eating myself if this. You know, it's, it's hard to hard to say. Yeah, autotrophy at its finest, I guess. So anyhow, uh, trait and, and consequences they got, and, and uh, they have the, the animals here. Uh, highly mobile. Uh, perception, collect information over larger area. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, response, avoid risk, and flee. Okay. Yes, flight. So, that's the key. Yes. One of the keys. Right. So in thinking about how they're different. Now, with the plant rooted in place... Mm-hmm. Collect local information. <laughs> Check. You're pretty much limited pretty, to your locality <laughs> by definition. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I, I think I may be a plant. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Well, and response, better to realize that now than later, I guess. It's too late, actually. <laughs> oh, no. This is later. Uh, af- alter defenses and distribution of valuable resources. Yes. So, okay. So that's sort of what we, we've been saying here. Indeed. Well, but plants have like, a, an interesting sort of suite of things that they can do a whole arsenal of defenses that include yeah. you know change your chemistry some plants grow thorns their leaves become thicker yeah um that whole movement you of mean nutrients. plants that didn't have thorns before can right. grow them yeah so that's in, cool in response to being being chewed Are on there by any tomatoes with thorns um not You'd to my knowledge they should do it yeah, well, they're they're you should chemi- talk to the tomato. Their chemical changes are so profound that they're that they're effectively chemical thorns. Yeah. I mean, they really do dissuade herbivores. Uh-huh. So they're really good at what they do. Uh-huh. Um, but plants can also move expensive chemicals to different parts of the plant. So mm-hmm. if you're being attacked above ground, move the goods below ground where the caterpillar can't steal it from you. It's effectively the goods being oh, uh, like uh, nitrogen-rich compounds. That, that and you, where do they go to the roots then? Yeah, so it's called induced translocation. So the idea that you can translocate... Can't you just say it goes to the roots? you got to say induced translocation. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just kind of the way we describe it. Sorry, Michael. But but it it really is an interesting phenomenon, and you'd expect that that kind of thing would evolve if you couldn't just run away. I mean, the more I I, I learn about plants, the more interesting they actually are. I mean, if you think about, you know, you mentioned that local neighborhood, Mm -hmm. but it's, I mean, there are also examples of plants sort of sharing information through root networks or through mycorrhizae, which are fungi that connect, that often associate with plant roots. Mm -hmm. 
So a fungus could connect two different plants, and in that way, sort of the plants exchange sometimes nutrients, sometimes chemicals that might cause one plant to defend itself. Yeah. So in a way, there's a lot of interesting information flow going on out there. It's you amazing. just have to look around. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, evolutionary mm -hmm. is mentioned in some of the descriptions of what sure. it is you do. And how does evolution fit into this? Do some of these changes that plants make, does that actually change the species itself? Um, well, yeah, or we... Am I on the wrong trail here? No, no, you're not. Um, well, so the reason, you know, we invoke the evolutionary description is just that we expect that the reason plants exhibit these traits is because there was an advantage to doing so. Mm. And so you can imagine... Okay, advantage. Yeah, and that advantage means that the plants we view today are likely the winners, evolutionarily speaking, the oh. ones that left the offspring. Okay. Because, you know, you can think about this. Um, history is littered with organisms that fail to reproduce. They're the ones that made the bad choices. Mm -hmm. And so, in a way, bad choices get selected out of the population, and the resulting choices that you observe, or the strategies you observe in modern time, mm -hmm. or any time you look, is a set of strategies that presumably work. And so that's what we're saying that they've exhibited evolutionary change because at some point in time, either the environment shifted or the new strategies arose and those strategies either became lost or incorporated yeah. into the population. Is it possible, you know, we were fish-like creatures. We came out of the water on leg-like things. Sure. That, that someday there will be a plant that picks up one Holy root cow. and then the other. Yeah. And, you know. Boy, that would definitely, that would be a newsworthy phenomenon. Um, it certainly would. Um, I mean, it's a possibility that they may not have thought of. But they know, see it all around them. They don't see it. Like, why can't I try that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would require radical uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. Rewiring of the I'm plant. Saying, but this is evolution. Phenotype. Um, you know. Well, yeah, so plants, you know, I guess I wouldn't, you never know. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, if you look so around. So you don't you, think so. I mean, that's pretty well, there's lots of different ways but to the be... the thing that's holding them back is not being mobile. Well, they... They, they got their seeds. The seeds they can disperse. Right. Okay. So the mobility that's phase cool. for terrestrial plants... Also, don't forget their pollen can disperse. So, yeah. um, so the sperm can yeah. move effectively move yeah. from one plant to the next. So that's yeah. movement. And then, yeah. yeah, the seeds can move long distances yeah. or short distances. So depending. that's how that works. Yep. So that's how they get different places. Okay. There are some plants that move by growing, but yeah. that takes a while. John, this is fascinating. I, there are a lot of young people out there who say, this is a cool field that I should be in. No, this is where the action is. This is where the action is. How, how would a young person, let's say they're, you know, just started college or something like sure. that, but they're, they're in biology more or less, but this is, sounds promising. What, what, how, do, how do they get involved in something like that? Well, um, you know, I think the first step is to take courses that you're interested in. If, if this is a topic that interests you, take some courses, but also approach professors and get involved in doing research. I mean, at the University of Wisconsin, yeah. Madison, we, we work with undergrads all the time. The, the Caterpillar paper, an undergraduate was one of the three people who did all the research So and okay. is an author on the study. So you yeah. can, I mean, okay. one benefit of being at a school like UW-Madison is that you can literally interact with people who are designing cool experiments and you could, you could get into that. And, yeah. you know, I think that's really that's amazing. a cool opportunity. And are the courses being taught that, that reference all this? Sure. Well, Body yeah, there's all the, oh, yeah, there's so many cool things in ecology. If you, you know, I've only given you a hint of the lexicon, the tip of the lexicon iceberg. <laughs> so many more complex terms await the interested, you know, student um, in different fields. So yeah, there's there's great classes there, and I think that again, the potential to realize what got me excited about ecology was when I realized that you can do these experiments that are relatively s simple and straightforward. 
and you can still find out things that nobody ever knew before. I mean, you literally, you can, you can, you stand at the very edge of our knowledge and you can sort of reach out there and figure out something new, which That's is great. a cool gig. That's it's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thank very you. much. John Oreck from the UW integrated biology. That's is that yeah, right now? Integrated biology. In, yeah, check it out. Marie from Wapping looks like here. That's in England, isn't it? She call is this on our dime? Oh, Wappinger Falls. So the other person we had from Wappinger Falls, Marie, was that related to you? Uh, yes, my husband. Your husband. So the only calls we've gotten so far on this show have been the two of you there in Wappinger <laughs> Falls, New York, Marie, and your, I, hus your husband's name is uh, Dave. Dave. Yeah, Dave was very nice. But uh, he really enjoyed playing the quiz, and he, he encouraged did. me to call in. Well, isn't that nice of Dave? It was nice yeah. of him. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And what do you do out there in Wappinger Falls, Marie? I work for IBM. You do? I do. What do you do for them, or can't you say? I'm a hardware engineer. Oh, hardware engineer. Cool. Yep. So I, I work on those big computers. You do? The big, the big, the multi, what do they call them? The, the mainframe? The, yeah, the mainframe supercomputers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and supercomputers. <clears throat> How cool. How cool, yeah. Yeah. Can we expect one of those uh, available? Uh, can, are they on Amazon yet for the individual who wants really a supercomputer? Sure. We could arrange that. You could really? buy your own Z14. A Z14? Yes, that's our newest mainframe. Yeah? What, I, I, what, what sort of ballpark uh, cost-wise? Um, more than your budget. Well, that could be anything. That could be $100, $150, but I doubt that it is. Right. It's, it's, I'll have my people call your people. Okay, right. I know you can't discuss these things. But a Z14 sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do for relaxation, you and Dave? Are you... you uh, we play ice hockey. You play ice and, hockey. And we play music. So when the falls freeze, you're out there, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Ice hockey. Is it competitive? Do you play competitively? Uh, yeah, we play together on one of the local uh, house leagues. Well, how cool is that? Yeah, we play for the Black Rhinos. The Black Rhinos. Rule. Yeah. Cool. You know, hockey is very big here in Madison. You know, quite a yeah. few Olympic people have come through here because we have a uh, all these lakes and they freeze. What the heck? What are you going to do what with it? What the heck? Yeah. This year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And Wisconsin has good yeah. good hockey program. Uh, so, would you like to play the quiz? I guess you would. I would. You know, I, I'm thinking that uh, you know we need someone on this end to play along with you. And how would you like to have Dr. John Oreck of the Oreck Lab, who may be one of the smarter people you ever meet in your life, on on the uh, team up with you? I'd be honored. It, it, be honored. Oh my goodness. Well. I, John, know, I didn't ask you, uh, you know, I, I said you might play the quiz if you wanted to, but you didn't have to. Okay, well, it would be you don't really feel... awkward not to do it at this point. Yeah, it would be very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I need I know some you're... help, so yes. I'm, I'm encouraging him. Marie, John. Hi, Marie. Hi, John. She's in Wapaker Falls. She works for IBM. Okay. In the mainframe Yeah, thing. no, that sounds like a really cool yeah. job. Yeah, she'd probably want to meet her because you guys could probably use a bigger machine there you know it always yeah what do you what do you got there uh just a standard you know dell desktop nothing fancy did Sorry. you hear that marie uh we can take care of you excellent <laughs> excellent <laughs> okay very good all right so uh the, the way it works is it's a general knowledge quiz you get three right out of uh, five and we have various categories and the two of you are working together you're collaborating it's not competitive okay we are all right. two fellow plants so, uh, Maria, I'll let you pick the first one. We have current events, uh, people, places, things you should learn in the school. Had you paying attention, science, or odds and ends? What would you like, Marie? Uh, let's start with science. Science. 
All right, our oldest animal ancestors, are they sponges, slime molds, or lice? Talk it over now. So what are your thoughts? Um, hmm. Sponges, slime mold, or lice? All good choices. It, yeah, these are probably like a new finding. I'm, I'm not up on the latest. What, what do you think? Well, sponges? so, yeah, this is actually beyond what I normally teach. So like the history of life on Earth <laughs> is something I'm not particularly well versed yeah. in. Gotcha. Got um, you off guard. But um, I think we can exclude lice as, as one of them. I think, that's right. a, I think we can work up. by elimination. So sponges yeah. or slime molds? then uh, maybe maybe what do you think about the sponges I, you know I'm they sort have of, sort of a skeleton although it's like an exoskeleton yeah i'm know. kind of feeling the sponges i'm kind of feeling it. i mean the slime molds are interesting because they can actually aggregate and form aggregations of multiple individuals sort of like a multicellular or there unicellular you go creature again. there you go again. but i'm still feeling the sponges and i'm not sure why i don't know maybe michael will give us a, you, like sponges don't aggregate well no, i mean they represent aggregations effectively i mean they they yeah. are. I knew you meant that. Of, I knew you meant that. Yeah. Just kidding you. <laughs> Go on your chain. So you're saying sponges? I, I, I'm down with, with that. Yeah, sponges. Oh. Yes, okay. sponges. All right. All right. Let's hear it for the sponges. Yeah, our oldest life, we started off as sponges. Animal, all animal life started as sponge life and got uh, out of hand from there, I guess. What would you like, John? Um, what, can, you, can you list the options again, yes, Michael? Yes, sorry. Current events, people, places, things you learn in school, science, or odds and ends. Does current events sound okay? I want to, I, since I'm only one part of this collaboration, um, current events sound okay? Sure, we can try it. Okay, current events. The tax bill, let's talk about oh. that. How to ruin a day. Uh, the tax bill that will not benefit Donald Trump will nonetheless save him more than how much in taxes? How, how about multiple choice, Michael? Uh, a billion, what do you think, John? a billion, a couple billion, a few billion. Um, it seems like a, I would go with the mat, like a couple billion, right? Or a billion sure. or a few billion. Maybe a billion? Maybe a billion? That, that sounds good to me, Marie. I'm not good sure saving for not having any savings at all. Yes, $1 billion. Not saved. By Donald Trump. Okay. You better save his pennies. He's going to have some legal bills. And so that's a B1 and uh, two, a two and oh. Caterpillar research yes. with a billion dollars. Yes, two and oh, so you're just one away from uh, winning the What Do You Know quiz and some fabulous prizes. Marie, what would you like? Um, things we should have learned in school. Okay, had to be paying attention. Mm. Uh, teenagers' brains. This has come up a couple times today. I don't know why. Maybe because I've been told I have the brain of a teenager. Teenagers' brains are wired, wired to one of the following a, teenagers' skulls, B, be reckless, or C, be open to suggestion. Teenagers' brains. Hmm. Hmm. Well, not the first one. Yeah. So reckless or Hopefully open they're wired to their skulls somewhere, but that's not really Yeah, that's an interesting... I mean, my initial gut reaction is yeah. thinking that, that... And this is largely from the perspective of teenage males, but like yeah. reckless behavior yeah. is not yeah. uncommon. Yeah. But that open to suggestion is an interesting... Um, have you had a teenager? Not yet, no. Okay, yeah. No, we're heading in that direction. But um, So you think they might be open to suggestion? Maybe they're not. Maybe yeah, when, I, I, when I find out, maybe hmm. they won't listen to me. Or you want to weigh in on this? Or? Well, reckless was my first intuition. Reckless, yeah. Okay, let's do it. You, you, you good with that, Marie? Or you, you want to weigh in on the open to suggestion notion of teenagers? <laughs> You ever met one? <laughs> um, they're not often open to suggestion from their parents. Yeah, from their peers. Okay, that's. But maybe yeah. from hey, their let's peers. go. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's a little different. 
don't so you're know. saying you think we should stick with reckless? Reckless, it, it is. Holy cow, they've won the quiz. Holy Wapagers Falls, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Wow, that's fantastic. Nice work, Marie. You both, All right. you both are mean? too smart for this quiz. You got to go on to different quiz shows that actually are harder. But we got something for you here. For example, you can learn the fine art of noodling or get veggie with the pickle lady on the first 25 are the hardest CD of audio treasures from Michael Feldman's. I know I am Michael Feldman reading this. It's stupid. Lyle wrote this, so it's good anyway. Uh, Michael Feldman's What Do You Know with cover art by Nora Feldman. That's the CD of our first 25 years. And how about this one? Also, you're going to win a memoir. It's a musical CD all in one. It's Michael Feldman's book, Something I Said, Innuendo and Out the Other. Plus the CD, My Life the Musical, is in there with music and illustrations by John Seeger. And finally, get your caffeine fix with some Tano Batak or Hartman Honey. Coffee sourced from Central America and other worldly sites and roasted at Denver's famed Novo Coffee by Coffee Meister Herb Brodsky and the boys out there in Denver. So I think you'll enjoy all those. And Maria, I want to thank you again. Uh, any more in the family that are going to call in and play the quiz? Or? I, I think we're done now. That's it? We'll, ha- we'll have to wait till next year. Okay. Can you call some people maybe next week <laughs> or next time we're out here? Yeah, we'll get, we'll get some more calls them, lined up from Wappinger's Falls. Yeah, because I think Wappinger's is the way to go. Yeah. Thank you, yeah, Marie. Yeah, it's a lucky spot for you. Uh, please uh, stay on and tell uh, Lyle, give Lyle the address. Although we have your address already, but we might have lost that. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Marie, right, very thank much. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Thanks for John. playing. Thank you, Thanks, John. You. On What Do You Know from House of Guys On. What do you know from House of Guys Zone is produced by nobody. Also engineered by nobody and uh, sponsored by nobody. So it's got to be good. It's free of any outside influences. No cartels behind this. No siree. The host is Michael Feldman. Okay, it's me. We come to you from House of Guys Zone in Madison, Wisconsin. Check us out on our Facebook page, What Do You Know Podcast on Facebook. And iTunes under What Do You Know Podcast.